Good morning, Kavanaugh. We're glad that you are here. Stand up and worship with us.
Amen, amen. Thank you, worship team. What's up, everybody? You guys doing good? It's so good to see you guys. Hope everyone's doing, having an awesome weekend. So glad that you're here this morning with us. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? I'm so thankful for Jesus and the, and the hope that we have in him. Um, and, and to be able to come back to this place and to learn from him, a living Savior, from a living word, providing us a living hope so we can live our day here on this place, rejoicing and praising him. So I'm so thankful that you're here this morning, been praying for you, and that God will touch your heart today, all right? So let's go ahead and ask God's anointing on our services. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and again, thank you so much for bringing us back together, God. I'm so thankful for this church and our church family here, God. Um, and, and God, I just pray that you do something incredible today. I know the message is awesome, Brother Jason. I'm so thankful for him and the word that you have placed on his heart. Um, I'm, th I'm so thankful for the reception that we had in our first service. And Lord, I'm excited for the reception that we're going to have here right now. The Lord, continue to move. As we worship you and praise you for all that you've done for us, help us just to be able to cast all of our anxieties uh, to you, God. Give everything to you, everything that might be distracting us right now, everything that might be holding us back. God, we as your people want to be your people in the fullest. In order to do that, God, help us to give, have faith in you, trust in you, to have complete surrender to you, God. We love you and thank you for this day in your name. Amen. Let's continue to praise.
thankful I can call you that. And I'm thankful that you're always there in the daytime and in the dark times. Whenever I need you there, you're there. I love you and I thank you for your presence in my life. I pray, Father, that you would sweep over this building. Thankful for your presence in our lives. Lord, if there's one here that does not know you, I pray when you knock on their heart's door, they would open it up and you could come in and they would invite you there. Bless Brother Jason as he brings the message this morning. I know it's for all of us and that we would be open to hear what your message is and that it would speak to us and change us, Lord. Let your word be fresh and anew for all of us. We give you honor and glory for you are worthy in your precious name, the name of Jesus.
Yeah. Give it up for Jesus. That's got some swag to it. Yeah. Woo. That's one of my new favorite songs, Brother Ronnie. For somebody that has no musical ability, I sure like music, okay? Uh, it's sang by artist Ann Wilson. Terry, you kind of got Joy onto that artist, and Joy told me about her. There's a video she's got that Macy's in the video. Macy Durr is in there. Well, at least it's your twin, isn't it? In the video, pretty amazing. Check it out later. Not right now. Not right now. How many of y'all have heard that song? Well, you should all raise your hand. All right, you just heard it. Sorry. I, I, the first service thought that was funny. Y'all didn't. All right. It's a cool song. Uh, here's the deal. Satan, he wants to be your boss. And the title of my sermon today is real simple. It's boss. And I know y'all don't care anything about titles of a sermon, but for a preacher, if you ever need to find the sermon to get on your computer, you go by a title. Okay, so that's why we give y'all a title. But it's just real simple. It's kind of bold. It's got some swag. Boss. Jesus is boss. Jesus is boss. In fact, on the count of three, I want y'all to say it with some swag like you mean it. Just say boss, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. Boss. Jesus is boss. Now listen, the devil wants to be your boss, okay? But he's got no place there. Jesus proved that at the empty tomb. But if Satan can't be your boss, he's sure going to try to bully you. Make no mistake about that. But listen, guys, Satan, he'll, he'll never be your boss unless you let him. All right? I've been preaching a series on Wednesday night from a book that Lou Giglio wrote. Love Lou, awesome preacher, man of God. And the book is entitled, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. So some of y'all, if you've heard a couple of sermons on a Wednesday night, don't panic. I'm not repeating that sermon. This is all brand new. But for y'all that are new to it, it's based upon Psalm 23, verse 5, where King David, under the inspiration of God's um, Holy Spirit, as he's pinning the words of Scripture, he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So here's the idea of the book. We are all bombarded every day by so many things, so much noise, so much confusion, so many problems, attacks. There's an enemy, and he's always criticizing. He's always rebuking us. He's attacking us trying to beat us down. But in all the mess, in all the storm, in all the chaos, Jesus invites us to sit at a table set for two. You and the Savior. And you can pull up a chair and look at him face to face, eyeball to eyeball. And you can have an amazing feast with Jesus. And so in all that storm, you just put your eyes on the Savior. Now the enemy, he's over here and he's trying to distract. He's trying to get our eyes off Jesus and he's trying to, you know what he wants to do? He wants to pull up a chair at the table. He wants to just side right in. Hey, let me have some of your food. You know, that's what the enemy tries to do. He wants to be our boss. But guys, listen, today, make no mistake about it. Jesus, man, he won the victory. He proved who he was. So when we stay focused on him, we can have victory in our lives. All right? But we are under attack. And make no mistake about it from the very beginning. The first followers of Jesus... They were also under Satan's attack. Check out, it's on the screen, but Luke 22, verses 31 through 32. I'll give you a moment if you want to turn there or scroll there, you know, or just look on the screen behind me. But Luke 22, 31 through 32. As you're turning there, I'll give you just a quick 
set up for the story. Jesus is having his last supper with the disciples. And he tells them, he said, one of you is going to betray me. And the disciples, they're all freaking out like, is it me, Lord? Who's it going to be? You know? And then just like that, as the disciples could only do, they kind of forgot about that. Forget about that the Son of Man is going to be betrayed. Who's going to be the greatest in heaven? Which one of us is going to be the greatest? You know? And they start fighting about that. Jesus slaps them around a little bit. He gives them a story about servanthood. But then he turns to Peter and he shares this verse. He says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. Sift all of you. Excuse me. That's important. All of you. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. Would you pray with me? God, we love you. Today it is a privilege to be in your house. It is a privilege, Lord, that we have just enjoyed to sing praise and worship to you. And God, now as we open your word, which is your inspired truth, may we hear from your Holy Spirit, because you're all that matters. So Lord, help us to open our hearts, our lives, our minds to you and what you would say to us today, and then help us to respond accordingly, Lord. Help us to have victory in Jesus. We love you, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So interesting here, he turns to old Simon, and he says, Satan wants to sift you as wheat. In other words, he wants to grind you into powder and let you blow away into the wind. Now, guys, that's, that's unnerving. If Jesus said that to you, wouldn't that kind of weird you out a little bit? It wouldn't me. But that's exactly what he said, and he said he wants to do that to all of you, meaning all of the followers. Guys, we're no different. Now, Peter didn't even believe it. You know, Jesus is like, hey, you're going to deny me. And Peter's like, no way, no way, Lord, I'll die for you. But what happened? He denied him. And when he came to his senses, it broke him, didn't it? It, bro it devastated Simon. And, you know, that's what the enemy wanted. He wanted Simon to stay right there. I've got you now. See? And if Simon would have allowed that failure to consume him, it could have completely stopped his ministry. He, he could have spent the rest of his life just kind of, woe is me, and I'm not worthy. You know? And listen, that's exactly where the enemy wants to keep us. That's where he attacks us. And guys, he, he attacks our thoughts. It really starts in our minds so often. So today, I want to ask you guys some questions, and you, you get to answer. This is a little... It's a little, David, it's a little talk back time, okay? So if you agree with this, just yell out, yeah, uh, yes. You can yell it out. Be loud. Be bold. Remember, Jesus is boss. All right, boss. All right, he's our boss. Are we created in God's image? Yes. Are we called to greatness? Yes. Are we his kids? Yes. Are we able to be set free? Yes. Can we have victory? Yes. You better believe it. But make no mistake about it, guys, there is an enemy, and he's going to oppose this. Now, Jesus already beat him, okay? We know where Satan's going. It's a lake of fire. But while he's here, he's wounded, he's deadly, he's turned on us. And he's going to try to drag us down until his final days are over on this earth. But our enemy is real. A lot of people want to say, oh, there's not, that's just figurative. There's not really a devil. Yes, there is. He, is. he is a real enemy. So I think we need to be aware that Satan's going to oppose all that God created in us to be for good. The enemy is going to try to tear down. 
So we need to ask ourselves every day, where is the enemy attacking me? In what areas of my life is he holding me captive? You know what Satan does? He eats away at us. He wants to cause spiritual death. He wants to destroy our relationship with God. And Satan wants us to allow sin in our lives that will rob our peace, our joy, our cheerfulness, and our effectiveness for God. Here's the deal, guys. We all have thoughts and feelings, right? And the enemy wants to use those against us. He wants to combine them with sin and temptation to create what I call the sin spin. All right? And we can't get out of it. We just get stuck in this cycle. All right? But we got to break it. We got to break out. So in order to do that, we need to know the enemy's schemes. And it's a process. So the first scheme I want to talk to you about today that the devil uses against us is the scheme of enticement. The enemy entices us. So it works like this, and you've all been there. We're, we, we all face this. A temptation comes into our life. Or maybe it's just a negative thought or a critical thought comes into our brain. Okay, And when this happens, we've got to stop. And we've got to ask ourselves, does God tempt us to sin? Does he? No. God doesn't tempt us to sin. Does God want us to have critical and negative thinking? No. So if you're tempted to sin or you have critical and negative thinking that's bombarding you, if it's not from God, then who's it from? It's from the enemy. It's from Satan. So we got to wake up. We got we to think about this. So here's the deal. If you've trusted Jesus as your risen Lord and Savior, you have in you the Holy Spirit. The power of God dwells up in our lives, in our lives. We've got to listen to him. We've got to listen to him. And when sin and temptation come, the Holy Spirit, you know what he says? Intruder. 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 All right? Right? At least that's how I hear it. Maybe it's different for you, but you know. You know when he's speaking to you. You know when he's moving in your life. And that's when we've got to listen. That's when we've got to heed the alarm. James 1, 13 through 15 says it like this. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes, where? From our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Hang on to that. I'm coming back around to that. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to what? Wow. James tells us we are lured and enticed by our own desires. Now, God has given us wholesome desires in our lives, okay? He's, he's made us his wonderful creation. But a lot of times, a lot of times, check it out, we, we allow Satan to take what's meant for good, and he uses it for evil, okay? You all with me? Have you been there? Okay. Yeah, we've been there, haven't we? So the, what we have to realize is, Satan's always scheming against us. He's trying to entice us. And it's interesting how James says to drag us away. Now, how many of y'all have seen the movie The Ghost in the Darkness? All right. How many of y'all have heard me reference it before? Okay, a few of you. One of my favorite movies. I'm so glad. I'll talk to y'all for, for a moment about it. Is that okay? Ron, I want to camp out here for a minute. About, it's based on a true story. And it takes place in Africa. And there's a certain type of lion 
where the males are maneless, and it's in, and it's in this region known as Savo. Okay? So they call them the Savo Lions. So these workers, this is many years ago in the 1800s, they're building a, a railroad bridge across a river, and these lions begin to prey upon the workers. They develop a taste for human flesh. All right? So while these poor guys are worker, working, the lions begin just attacking them and dragging them into their den and devouring them. All right, so the workers, man, they're, they're scared, and you know they're trying to finish the job. They want to get paid, so they cut down a bunch of thorn trees, and they make this huge wall of thorns as a barrier around their campfire. So at night, they build the fire up big, and then they're all in their bedrolls around the fire, and they think they're safe, and it shows this one poor old boy, and he's laying there. He's out, man. I mean, he's, he's in no man's land, and all of a sudden, this lion grabs him in the darkness, rips him through the thorn wall, drags him off into the grassland, and eats him alive. Brutal. Based on a true story, if you can believe that. They eventually were able to shoot the lions, but before they did, over 135 men lost their lives. That's crazy. Guys, the enemy wants to entice us and drag us away. Now, you don't have to be afraid. When you leave here to look like, is Satan going to come out and, you know, is he going to grab me up like a lion? You know, hey, we don't have to live in paranoia because Jesus is what? He's boss. All right? He's boss. Jesus will take care of us if we trust him. John, or 1 John 4, 4 says this, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won the victory over these people. Because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. That's truth we can hang our hat on. Now, listen, not everything that happens is from the devil. Not every bad thing in our lives is from the enemy. All right? If your car won't start in the morning, and Lou actually shares this in his book, so I'm still in Lou's story here, okay? But I'm giving him credit. Lou, I gave you credit if you're watching. If your truck won't start in the morning, most likely, you don't have to go and cast a demon out of it, okay? It's probably just a dead battery, so go get some jumper cables, all right? Now, there are some vehicles that probably do have a demon in them, all right? I'm convinced of that as well. But listen, here's the, here's the way the enemy works. He doesn't pull up in his Rolls Royce and knock on the front door and sit down and tell you how he's going to destroy your life. He's a little more subtle than that, guys. No, he comes in through the side door. And he just tries to ease up to the table. And he just wants to start nibbling at your meal that's set for you and the Lord. But make no mistake about it, man. Satan would be an amazing fisherman. Do we have any fishermen in the house? Any fishermen in the house? Raise your hand. Make some noise. If you're a fisherman, let me hear from you. Yeah? Huh? A couple of you. Okay? Y'all need to get out more, man. Enjoy the outdoors. Good grief. There's, there's a lot of good out there. So fishermen, let me tell you, fishermen, they are crafty. Did you know that? Fishermen are sneaky, and they have perfected their craft, okay? So, like, I'm, I love to fish, okay? I grew up fishing, but I'm like a stock pond kind of guy, okay? I can catch them in the stock pond, you know, but... But real fishermen, they can go out in the lake, man, and they, they know where these bass hang out. They know, they study the barometric pressure. They study the wind direction. They study water temperature. They know 
Billy, you know the best times of year to fish. You know where to go. You know where they hang out. And depending on the type of fish you're after, you're going to use a certain type of tackle. Like, I got into Jude's fishing supply this morning. Y'all don't tell Jude I got his tackle here. This is just some of it, isn't it, Joy? I almost brought his whole little wagon. He's got a wagon full of fishing stuff. Because the Bass Club, they're already recruiting him, and they, you know, they've been hooking him up. So, and he gets so mad when his brother uses stuff. I've told you about that. But anyway, can we, y'all just keep this between us, okay? Jude doesn't have to know about this. But this is, this is his bass rod, okay? So it's, this rod is made just specifically. The action on this rod is just, is just designed for largemouth bass, Okay? And we got a bait caster, okay? So you can, you can adjust this thing depending on the type of lure that you're throwing to land it right in that fish's domain, okay? And then whatever fish you're after, use a certain pound test of line. I'm, a, I'm more of a trout fisherman, okay? Uh, you want to use two to four pound test line. Bass fisherman, probably 12 to 20 pound test line. You know, if you're deep sea fishing, it goes way up. Maybe a 100 pound test line, depending on what you're after. The point is, fishermen, man, they study what they're after. Okay, and they have all kinds of bait. So you know, you got the pole, and so the lure that Jude's got on here now. One of the guys from the bass club said, "You're not going to cast that, are you? Did you take the hooks off that?" I'm like, "No, I'm not going to cast it because I would definitely hook somebody." But but this little lure, I'm just going to leave it right there so I don't hook anybody. This is a top water. Okay, kind of looks like a baby bass. All right, and so you 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 just reel this along the top of the water and you kind of pop it. It just makes a little. Makes a little bubble of water. Try to draw them in. And this one, this one's special because let's see if I can do this without hooking my face. Okay, ready? Can you hear that? Did you hear it? It's got BBs in it. It rattles. Isn't that cool? It makes noise. Now, I don't really know what the purpose of that is. It, you know, Billy, you can tell me later, okay, why, do, why it rattles and what attracts that. But here's the deal. Fishermen, they have all kinds of bait. Now, this is one of Jude's tackle box. You think it's his school backpack, but oh no, there's much better stuff in here than school books, let me tell you right now. Sorry, teachers. This is topwater lures, hula poppers, and jitterbugs, okay? It's called the Heritage Topwater Assortment, all right? These are lures that I used when I was a kid, now, and now Jude's using them, okay? And then, and then we got another box here, these are, these are some more topwaters and then some jerk baits, okay? And you just kind of reel those on top of the water, twitch them just a little bit, okay? The fish can't resist them. And then over here, I've got, our, this is his divers. Now, these used to be full, but I see he's lost a lot of them. They're, these boxes are emptier than I thought. Then in the bottom here, I won't, I won't show you a lot of this, but he's, he organizes this. It's little Ziploc bags with all his plastics in it, jigs and worms and lizards and crawdads. I mean... Guys, it's, it goes on and on and on. You fishermen, y'all have warehouses of stuff, don't you? You got, you got so much tackle because you know, depending on what you're after, you've got to lure it in. But let me tell you what fishermen are really the best at. They advertise the reward and they hide the hook. All right? Now, I'm making this out to sound like fishermen are bad guys and bad ladies. You're not. You're not. I'm a, I love to fish too. Well, we don't advertise the hook. Listen, that's what Satan does. He's the expert at that. Here's the reward, but he hides the hook that's got a sharp point in a barb. And he tries, to, he tries to reel us in. He tries to snag us. That's how he works. Listen, usually temptation, it looks so good. 
and it offers a solution to your problems. But hear me out, and I say this in all caps, bold print, highlighted in yellow, all lies. When the enemy tries to lure us in, it is a lie. Sin is never on your side, and sin does not have your back. The enemy lures and he lies to us, and he holds out the bait, and he says, take a bite, guys, you're going to love it. So here's my application to avoid the first scheme of the enemy. Don't take the lure. (laughs) Pretty simple, right? Don't take the lure. So when a harmful thought or temptation comes into your brain, you've got a choice. You can let it walk right in, pull up a chair, or you can boot it out at the door and say, get out of my house. You don't belong here. Scheme number two, the enemy accuses us. Uh, I've been on fishing stories, so can I tell you one more? You're like, well, you're going to. <laughs> so I think, I think I got a picture up here. All right, so one of, our, one of the Nichols' favorite hobbies, now Joy would call this a vice, but it's bow fishing. All right, how many of y'all have ever been bow fishing? Tim, yeah, some, I know, Tim, you, we've been bow fishing together. Bow fishing, guys, it's the greatest, man. You take your bow and you go out and you try to shoot fish with the bow and arrow. And you put a reel, you put a reel on your bow, and you reel them in. I mean, it's amazing. Now, bass club, don't worry, we don't shoot the bass. Okay, that's off limits. You can only shoot the rough fish. They call them trash fish because nobody likes to eat them. Nobody likes to mess with them. So we've got some of our trophies here. If you'll notice the picture on the left, that's Eli in the back, big guy with the beard, and he's he's got a carp. He's holding it. Uh, Jude, he's got what's called a buffalo. Okay, and I want to tell you all something about this picture. This is how you know Jude is a true fisherman. Eli's fish is actually twice as big as Jude's. However, if you'll notice, Jude's way, way up in front of Eli. Did you notice that? And his arms are fully extended, okay? So when you see these pictures in the magazine of the big fish, you watch. They're always doing, So he's, he's, he's... That's a, that's a mirage right there. But he pulled it off really good. So that's our old boat. It leaks water. You got to pull it, you know. I've had it since high school. I know that's hard to believe that I hang on to something from high school. It's got whole, you know, we pull it over and bail water, dump water out of it halfway through our trip. Now on the right, we caught a frog one night. We were out bow fishing. We were going for fish, but there's a big bullfrog on the bank. And don't worry, we didn't shoot it. I know y'all are like, oh, you shot that poor frog. They're so cute. They're really good. They're tasty. Uh, we let that one go. We did. Jude caught it by hand. He pounced on it, and uh, he wanted to eat it. And I was like, no way, dude. It's like 1 in the morning, and we got church the next day. I'm not cleaning that frog. Turn him loose. So we, we, No frogs were harmed in the making of this picture for you, okay? My point, what I want to get to is we, we had went bow fishing last weekend, and the water where we were at, and I'm not telling you where we were at because fishermen don't give away their spots, but it was way down, way down in summer, getting dry. And about a, a couple of weeks before, we'd been in this same spot, and the water was still up. And we found this cove, and we went up this little cove, this little creek, and it, was, and it went way back in there. It was loaded with fish. So we're like, let's go back there. That's the spot, you know. So we, we get up there, and we're paddling. Well, we get to the spot, and the little cove is now this wide. There's just like a little stream. It's this wide. And I'm like, let's pull the boat over. We're going to 
We're going to go in there, man. We're going on foot. We're going to take these fish out on foot. So here we go. And we park the, you know, we pull the boat up. We get out. We're walking through. But the problem is, it was like goo, okay? And immediately, I sink down to my knees in this stuff. I mean, it's nasty. Black mud sucking us in. And I mean, we're finally, we trudge through there. And finally, I'm like, abort mission. This is over. There's no water. We got down there, and there was nothing. Man, it was just, just dried up. So by the time we get back to the boat, I mean, every step is a fight. And, and my shoes are literally about to get sucked off my feet, okay? Now, let me talk to you about my shoes for a minute. These are my bow fishing shoes, okay? So at my house, I kind of have different levels of tennis shoes, okay? I got my, I got my, every, my going to town shoes, okay? These are the ones when you might see me at, at work in the day here at the church or if I'm out at a ball game, they're my nice tennis shoes, okay? They're clean. They smell pretty good, you know? They're, they're styling. And then my next level of tennis shoe, that's my, my workout shoes, okay? And I'll wear those to the gym. They don't smell as good, okay? But they still look pretty good. They're decent to be out in public, right? And then I have my lawn mowing shoes. That's third level down. They stay in the garage, okay? They smell bad, all right? And then my fourth level of tennis shoe, that's my bow fishing shoe. They stay out in the yard because they're disgusting, all right? The boat leaks. You put fish in the boat with you. You have slime in the bottom of the boat. And I don't know why Joy won't go with us when we go bow fishing. I'm like, you would have so much fun. I mean, the mosquitoes are swarming your head at night. It is amazing. Those shoes are, they're rough, but let me tell you, I wasn't going to give them up. I mean, that muck is trying to pull them off. I'm like, you're not getting my shoes. Not tonight, man. I'm fighting through. I mean, we finally make it to the boat, and I looked at the boys, and I said, that was a bad idea, okay? Listen, Satan can draw us in. Man, hey, come over here. This is a great place. You're going to love it. And we get there, and we find out it was a bad idea. He is the master at enticing us in, but then he turns on us. And he becomes the accuser. Listen to Proverbs 14, 12 through 13. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Laughter can conceal a heavy heart, but when the laughter ends, the grief remains. Guys, the rush of sin is always going to be temporary. And when you feel miserable or you feel empty or you feel a need in your life and you try to meet it with sin, guess what? That need is still going to be there. That misery is still going to be there. That emptiness is still there. And now we have guilt and shame compounded upon it. So it's just worse. It's a cycle, and it gets worse and worse. You know what uh, Satan does? He changes shapes. Okay? He changes on us. We saw it in the Garden of Eden. He took on the form of a serpent. Also, Scripture warns us, beware of the enemy because he can disguise himself is an angel of light. The enemy is so deceptive. So here's what he does. The same enemy that entices us with a promise is now crushing us with an accusation. Because the second that you give in to sin, he starts accusing you. You're a loser. You're pathetic. You're worthless. And he starts hurling accusations at us. Right? We've all been there, haven't we? You know, first he's like, yeah, you're going to love this. It's great. And then the, when you give in to sin, he turns the tables on you, and he starts beating you down. But you know what's even worse? Sometimes we just allow it. 
We even agree with him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm worthless. I'm a loser. You know, I'm pathetic. And we just, we just pour it on. No. You know what we ought to be doing when that happens? In Jesus' name, we don't address the enemy. He's too powerful. But in Jesus' name, you know what we tell the devil? Shut up. You're the one that told me this would be a great idea, and now I've got all this mess. And you're tur- you turned on me. And I'm not going to fall for this anymore because I'm a child of the king. And even though I've messed up, that doesn't change. And I'm getting back on track. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have victory in Jesus. And we say all this in Jesus' name. And we're covered by the blood of Jesus. Here's the deal. If the enemy can accuse us, then he can condemn us. What happens when a building gets condemned? Gets smashed. Remember what he told the disciples? Jesus said, Satan wants to grind you up. He wants to destroy your lives. Here's the deal. Check it out. Big difference between God and Satan. They're total opposites, but one one big difference. Satan condemns. God convicts. Condemnation is done out of hatred, but conviction is done out of love. You see, sin is a big deal to God. Jesus went to the cross to pay the price for our sins. So he doesn't just look over our sin lightly when we sin. No, he deals with us. So when you have a thought in your mind that doesn't need to be there and you start getting miserable on the inside and you start getting worked over, that's the Holy Spirit beating you up. We need to listen to him. But Satan, he just wants you to feel worthless. So listen to the right voice. Learn to listen to the right voice. Condemnation comes from a source of guilt. But conviction, it's born out of grace. You see, condemnation leads you to try to conceal your sin, to cover it up. Remember Adam and Eve? What they do in the garden after they sin, they try to hide from God. They, they, they make coverings with leaves. But you know what conviction does? Conviction, when the Holy Spirit speaks into our life and he speaks truth and he opens up our eyes to sin in our life, you know what, what happens then? We confess it. We get it to the light. We find freedom and forgiveness and cleansing. That's what God does for us. You know, condemnation, it's really just a path for future failure. And when we focus on the condemnation from the enemy, we feel bad. All right, now, I'm really good at feeling bad about things that I've done. How about you? Oh, I can remember things I even did as a kid that were wrong. And now, oh, I feel so bad, you know, and I can focus on that. Are you all with me? Maybe I'm the only one. But we, we get really good at feeling bad about the things we've done. We should have We should have repentance, okay, because conviction leads to repentance. Not just staying there and feeling bad and wallowing in it. No, repenting, changing, 180, a new you. Condemnation, it just leads us to keep going back in that cycle, that circle, the spin, the sin spin, okay? But conviction, you know what it does? When we listen to the Holy Spirit, it's a highway to real change. We can change. So, We've got to admit something, though. When we're dealing with this, when we're dealing with Satan's accusations, we've got to admit something, acknowledge something. We can't change. On our own, we can't do anything about it. Human effort can't break the sin cycle. Because here's the way it works. The temptation comes. We sin. We feel bad. We purpose to do better. I promise God I'm not going to do it again. Temptation comes. We sin. We feel bad. 
We purpose to not do it again, right? And here we go. Here we go. We've all been there, guys. That's human nature. We can't get out of it on our own. But here's the good news. We have a solution from the Savior. We have a solution. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has taken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. Listen, guys. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will provide a way out so you can endure it. Guys, that's rock-solid truth. Hang your hat on that. We got a promise from God that we can escape every temptation. The solution is surrender. We can't do it on our own. We're not good enough on our own. We're not strong enough on our own. But when we acknowledge Jesus as risen Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit empowers us and infills us and indwells us. And guess what? Then we have the opportunity. We have the power. We have the resources to make the right choice. And we can live in victory. Jesus finished the work on the cross. He's won the war. He's going to help us fight our battles. Acknowledge your need for Jesus. And you know, it's not going to be easy. When you're struggling with something and the enemy, man, he's hitting you with it. He knows what really gets to you. You just got to surrender and say, you know what, Lord, I can't do it, but you can. And a lot of it, guys, it's right here. It starts here. So when the thought comes... Surrender it to Jesus instead of holding on to it. Say, Jesus, right here, take it, Lord, it's yours. Here it comes again. Here comes the battle. Here comes the tempter. But Jesus, I'm giving my problem to you. And I'm going to let you indwell my life and help me. Guys, this is resurrection power at work. This is how God invites us to victory. It's through Jesus. So remember, the idea of not giving the enemy a seat at your table, it's what you think about. Thoughts matter. Jesus even said it, man. He said, if, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, it's as if you've committed adultery. That's harsh, isn't it? You're like, whoa, no way. Guys, what we think about matters. Your thoughts matter. So here's the deal. I like to say, when a, when a negative thought comes in your mind, sick the dog on it, okay? We, I think we got a picture of Jude and his dog. Jude's got him this little dog, Maggie, all right? Doesn't she look sweet? Well, I mean, she's a mutt, isn't she, Joy? She's a mixture. I mean, we don't even know what this dog is, but she was a rescue dog, and Jude's just, I mean, he's taking care of her. And so, I mean, they're, they're buddies now. But she might look sweet there, but make no mistake about it. She's an attack dog. And Jude's got her trained. So when I see Matthew and Isaac up there, when Matthew and Isaac, when they want to try to rough up old Jude now, He's got an ally. That's, that's Jude's big brothers, too, and Eli's at college. But Matthew and Isaac, man, they, they, they try to sneak up on him. Matthew was trying to sneak up on Jude the other day. Jude said, I didn't even see him coming, but Maggie did, and she got after him. Isaac went over to mess with Jude the other day on the couch, and Maggie started biting his feet. It hurts, too, doesn't it, Isaac? Man, it goes right for the toes. That's tender right there, let me tell you. Jude just sticks the dog on him, man. He's like, yeah, go Maggie. Woo! <laughs> Guys, listen to me. When that sin shows up, when that temptation shows up, and you know your weakness, you know where the enemy gets you, man, you know what you need to do? Sick Jesus on it. Say, go get it, Jesus. You fight my battle. I can't do this on my own. But go get him, Jesus. Sick him. Guys, you've got, you've got victory on your side in Jesus. Listen to me. 
We don't have to let Satan pull up a seat at our table and camp out in our mind. We can win the battle of our mind. And Jesus, he reversed what Satan tried to accomplish. I opened up with a story about Simon. And you know, when, he, when Jesus rose again, and he appeared to Simon after they were fishing, and you know what? He told Simon, he said, follow me. Follow me, son. That's how he called Simon to begin with. And Simon, man, he felt like a failure. But Jesus didn't worry about the, the denial. He said, all I want you to do, son, is follow me. Give me your life. Give me your heart. Give me your best. Surrender to me. And that's what he did. And guys, Jesus is calling us to do the same thing today. He's calling us to surrender our lives. Listen to me. He dusted old Simon off. And he said, get back in the saddle, son. Jesus is boss. The devil done lost. So find victory in him. I want to share this, uh, a few verses from the song that we listened to at the beginning. You came rising right out of that grave. Don't worry, I won't sing it. My sin went running and my soul got saved. Son of God's always been a bit of a rebel. You brought life to me and death to the devil. Holy Ghost has got a hold on me. I was blind, but now I can see. Freedom gone got me on another level. You brought life to me and death to the devil. Guys, today, if you've been struggling, just surrender to Jesus. Find help and strength in him. Come today. Give your heart to Jesus. If you don't know him as your Savior, man, you'll not find anybody that loves you more than Jesus. You can trust him. He can give you a new life, an eternal life in heaven when you believe that he died for you and rose again. I'm going to ask everybody to stand. And, and I'm going to ask all, all heads to bow. Our musicians come. And today, listen, we're going to open up the altars. For a lot of you, you're like, yeah, I know what that's about, man. We can come up to the front here. We've got altars. You can come gather around the stage and we pray. We pour out our heart to God. We do business with God. You guys have been hearing me rant and rave for 30 minutes. Great. But what's God said to you? What's God been speaking into your heart? This is your time. This is where you respond. And you don't come up here and pray for me or for anybody else. If you want to come up here, just come and talk to God. You can do it in your seat too. But I think there's some power, man, when we come and kneel down and say, Lord, yes, I'm surrendering to you. I acknowledge my need for you in my life. So today... Maybe you're a believer, but you've been under attack. You say, I need some strength. Would you come find strength today from Jesus? Maybe today there's somebody in here, and you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord. You're fighting the battle all on your own. You're not going to win. You've got to have the power of God in your life. Why don't you come today and invite Jesus to be your Savior? We'll meet with you. We'll pray with you. We'll show you from God's Word how you can know that you have a home in heaven, that your sins are forgiven, that you have the Holy Spirit indwelling in you. You don't need to be afraid. We'll not embarrass you. You come. Don't listen, don't listen to the enemy right now. You listen to the right voice. You listen to God. What's he saying to you? Lord, we love you. Right now, we ask that you speak and you move. May we hear from you, Lord. If somebody needs to come and pray, whatever the reason, give them freedom to do that. We love you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, as they play and sing, if you need to pray, man, come on, come on, come to the altar, pray. Do business with God. You can do it in your seat. You can pray right there as well. But if you need to come and pray, these altars are open.
we love you. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for being an amazing Savior who's already won. So Lord, help us to go out from here and as we fall under attack from the enemy, help us to remember he's, he's headed for his final destruction. And God, we have victory in you, so help us to keep our eyes on you. And you give us the strength to win the battles, Lord, so that then we can share hope with others. Lord, change lives and work as only you can. We love you, God, and ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you guys can have a seat. Thank you so much for being here today. Man, we're honored that you came. If you're, if you're joining us, you're new to Kavanaugh, man, uh, check out our Connect counter. It's out in our lobby. Make a left as soon as you go out these doors, center doors, and you'll see it. Uh, stop by there. We've got a gift for you. We'll be happy to answer questions you might have about the church. Um, tonight, we have online Bible study at 6.30 with Ronnie Fox, right? You're teaching. You're, you're bringing the lesson. You've already taught it, haven't you? But yeah, it, it's going to be awesome. Brother Ronnie always does a great job. Uh, so tune in for that. Hey, y'all pray for Maisie Little. She's in the hospital, needs prayer, so, so lift up. Maisie and her family. And then as you leave today, don't forget to drop off your tithes and offerings. They're just right outside the doors. That's not for our guests. That's for our regulars. Uh, drop those off in the black boxes out there in the foyer. Guys, I appreciate you. Thanks for hanging in there today. Y'all listened really good. You did good. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.